This week on episode 523 of Priority One, the Roddenberry Foundation continues to promote a positive future. Star Trek already wins some Emmys this year. In gaming, Star Trek Online takes us through a mirror darkly with reflections and on-screen Lower Decks Season 2, Episode 6. You're listening to a Roddenberry Podcast. Command codes verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 523 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly recap and review of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. This episode was recorded on Tuesday, September 14th, and available for download or streaming on Friday, September 17th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elio. I'm Kat. And I'm Roscoe. Guys, I want to thank you for uh, filling in and, and taking over for me last week. Thank you to Tony Hunter for being the emergency podcast host's hologram. Uh, it was uh, I, I, I did listen to a, a bit of the show and thank you for the kind words uh, at the start of the show. I appreciate it. Thankfully, I am safe, healthy. Uh, I have my life and it's just a car. Excellent. Great to have you back. And yes, thank you to Tony for filling in last week. It was much fun to have him along. And it's also good to have you back as well. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. Tell us about your uh, convention fun, by the way. Yeah, this last weekend, uh, the Roddenberry Entertainment portion that lives on the East Coast was at the Creation Sci-Fi Summit in Edison, New Jersey. It was an absolute pleasure to be able to share uh, a space with other people to celebrate Star Trek and and of course it was amazing to be able to share a booth with Kennedy and Sue from Women at Warp and to have Jake drive down all the way from New Hampshire to offer us support when needed uh, to cover the booth while we were out trying to talk to and network with some of the actors for future projects and future collaborations. So thank you, Jake. Thank you, Sue. Thank you, Kennedy. Uh, It was an absolute blast. And I look forward to the next convention coming up in October, October 9th. Sue, uh, Kennedy, and I will be hosting a panel at New York Comic Con, and that's happening on Saturday. Plus, we're looking forward to all the awesome Star Trek news to happen during New York Comic Con the weekend of October 8th. If you're going to be there, we Reach out to us and let us know. I was going to go to Chicago that weekend, but I my, the show got canceled that I was going for. So maybe I will come to New York. That'd be fun. Yeah, October eighth. October eighth. Get your tickets now, though. It, it might it might actually be too late, Ken. I hate to tell you. Oh, all right. Well, I'll look. Now, before we jump into the news, we want to welcome new listeners to the show, and we hope you'll stay in touch. 
You see, this show is produced by a community of volunteers who donate their time and their talents because, like you, they're passionate about what Star Trek is all about. So we hope you'll get involved and be a part of our community. Follow us on social media so you can share your thoughts about the weekly headlines. Join the Armada so that you can experience Star Trek gaming with like-minded Trekkies. Or consider joining the team and lending your skills and passion to producing this show. Or captains, if you happen to find value in this production, then, as we've said before, you understand that this is a complete production done by volunteers from start to finish. Nobody on this production gets paid. Not I, not Kat, not Roscoe, uh, not our audio editors, our social media, nobody. Nobody on the team gets paid. Uh, Our production is supported by our patrons. People like you who find value in this production and want to throw in a dollar a month or five dollars or ten. As little or as much as you can to make sure that we can keep the lights on and that we can continue to produce the quality content you've come to expect each and every week. Just visit us over at patreon.com forward slash priority one. Now, let's find out what's been happening in the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. On the heels of the Star Trek Day event, the franchise had cause for more celebration. During the two-day Creative Arts Emmy event this last week, Star Trek walked away with two wins. First up, an outstanding special visual effects in a single episode for Star Trek Discovery's Season 3 episode, Sukal. Then, outstanding prosthetic makeup for a series for the Star Trek Discovery episode, If Memory Serves. Now, Star Trek has been nominated for a total of 10 Emmys, and the 75th annual awards show is set to air on Sunday, September 19th on CBS. So, Let's keep our fingers crossed, pray to the great bird of the galaxy, whatever you gotta do, so that Star Trek takes home several more. As Gene Roddenberry's centennial celebrations continue, his son and CEO of Roddenberry Entertainment, Rod Roddenberry, spoke with Forbes' Simon Thompson about the last 55 years and the future of Star Trek. With the first four original movies being remastered in 4K UHD, Rod remarks about how great it is to see how there's still a hunger for the original incarnations of Trek, saying, quote, I think it makes Star Trek new again, especially for our new audiences. You've got the TV series now that has brought in a newer, younger demographic, and I think some people are resistant to look at older stuff. When it comes out in 4K, it looks fresh and new. I'm excited by them being introduced to Star Trek through the original movies. But what about new Trek? Well, for Rod, it's all about ensuring that any of the recent incarnations stay true to the core of what his father's vision was all about, saying, quote, he wants people like J.J. Abrams and Alex Kurtzman and others to come along and do that. He also wanted to make sure that it remains Star Trek. As long as they are continuing the tradition and the idea of it making you think, having it entertain is extremely important. Absolutely. But let's be considering different points of view on this as well. End quote. Rod goes on to discuss his own personal history with the franchise and how it was he grew to be so invested in his father's legacy. To read about that and more, be sure to visit the links in our show notes. You know, the interesting thing about this article is that, you know, part of that quote is also uh, a 
addressing the idea of someone like a Quentin Tarantino taking over. And Rod, you know, explains that although he's a fan of Quentin, uh, you know, he, he can't quite see it yet, right? He can't quite put the two together, right? Because, you know, Reservoir Dogs in Space may not necessarily be the most Trek movie out there. Upholding the ideals of what the Federation has instilled in us. Exactly, exactly. But at the same time, he knows that Quentin is indeed a big Star Trek fan. So he could very well end up producing a, an incredible film, right? I mean, Quentin Tarantino is a master of dialogue. I can only imagine what could happen. It could be very well a, a very long diplomatic movie, right? Of people just ironing out what happens in the neutral zone. But it's clear. It's clear that Rod understands that, yes, there is a core philosophy of what Star Trek is, right? And that it should strive to maintain that. Makes an interesting point regarding staying true to Star Trek. I think that quote there is particularly poignant. Let's make it entertaining, but let's keep it true. Let's keep it on the line to what Star Trek is. It's there to make you think. And as long as it's doing that, then, you know, Rod will consider it Star Trek. And more to the point, because he's, I think it's on most projects, he's usually executive producing. I mean, he's he's executive producer on Lower Deck. So, yeah, it's it's important to get that, that nod, that seal of approval. I mean, overall, if there's anybody to be able to say what is and isn't Trek, it's gonna be Rod, right? I mean, not only did he grow up with a man, he was a PA on TNG. Uh, you know, he did that documentary several years ago, Trek Nation, you know, interviewing the fans and understanding what it means to them, uh, reading his father's memos and and notes. If, if anybody knows what Star Trek should be and how what it should be representative of, it's going to be Rod. And I'm glad that we are a part of the Roddenberry Podcast Network for that reason. If you're heading to Vegas anytime soon, you should definitely trek out the new Star Trek Discovery themed escape room launched by Escapology. The game is set during the third season of Discovery and has opened just in time to coincide with the fourth season premiere on Paramount+. Your role in the game is acting as a civilian engineer tasked with inspecting the USS Discovery 1031 as it undergoes the refit and upgrade to the 1031A. However, sci-fi things happen during your inspection and Discovery collides with a quantum filament causing major hole damage. The filament's quantum resonance has also caused a polarity shift in the antimatter containment system, leading to a progressive degeneration in the containment field. If field strength falls below 15%, it will collapse, destroying the vessel and everyone aboard. Because sci-fi stuff happened, the main computer has closed emergency bulkheads across the ship and the turbolift control system has been disabled, leaving the bulk of the crew trapped and unable to begin repairs in a convenient turn of events though, your turbo lift stopped near the auxiliary control section. So all you have to do is override its systems. At this point, you're the best option for helping Discovery and its crew avoid disaster. Then, you and your team must escape the turbo lift and communicate with a senior officer. You can save everyone if you can just re-establish communications and work together to repair the antimatter containment field before the strength falls below 15%, which is projected to be 
in precisely 60 minutes time. Well, that's how long you can book the room for. Packages can be reserved at the Las Vegas Town Square location via the Escapology website, and they currently show the price for six people. It's a little under $250. This sounds so fun, except I've never done an escape room. Have any of you guys done an escape room? I I did do an escape room once, and I hated it. What? (laughs) Maybe because it wasn't this one, because this sounds amazing, because you have to get out of the turbo lift. (laughs) Yes, I I think that this could be fun. I I wish I could see pictures of it. Like, do they have any, like, I couldn't find any. I linked the website. They didn't show, they just have the link. It just shows the discovery. And then yeah, the video that they have is just of the discovery with some narration, but I don't see any images inside. Hopefully they can live, because the the one I went to was kind of, you know, tacky looking. I mean, it's Vegas. You figure I like they have hope so. It's a whole did you see the other themes? They had a whole bunch of other stuff like themes as far as, you know, rooms, but this one looks I would totally do this. Why the crap does Vegas get all this stuff? Why can't it be New York or LA or something? What's what's going on? Why is I it mean, Vegas? Because people go to Vegas to do stuff like this. I've been to a couple of escape rooms. Uh we we had one locally in my city for a while. Uh and then everyone solved it and no one went anymore. So that wound up unfortunately fortunately fairly quickly and then I went to an escape room in Darwin in the Northern Territory and that was great fun and it was themed around Darwin's uh, water storage capacity and some supervillain was going to poison the dam and we had to solve it in a particular amount of time and it was great fun really really good fun you just got to throw yourself into it uh, start looking around the room figuring stuff out this one for me would be great fun because quite familiar with the source material uh, so I know I'm like fine. I'm, I'm, yeah I got yeah, this I know it. what to bet you figure like most people that do this are probably going to be Star Trek fans get me a hydro spanner a stat and let's solve this problem, people. Seriously. Uh. Well, if you happen to be in Vegas and do this escape room, let us know, please. Let us know. Reach out to us and tell us what you Yeah, thought. we need details. It's practically cliche at this point. The commercial Christmas season starts earlier every year with candy canes and carols drowning out the trick-or-treaters and turkey dinners. But what if December isn't merely encroaching on the other months? Isn't Christmas adding their celebrational distinctiveness to its own? Are they not being adapted to service Saint Nick? Yes, Christmas is assimilating the calendar and your holidays as they have been are over. Festivity may be irrelevant, but that hasn't stopped Eagle Moss from creating a grim messenger of holiday cheer. Invading Sector 001 on September 30th, the Borg Cube Advent Calendar brings 24 Trek accessories and gifts to all good little Trekkies. Socks, coasters, coffee mugs, each item included in the box also includes a short note with trivia and stories behind it. The calendar sells for a considerable $149.95, so your bank account might look like New Providence if there's more than one Trekkie on your gift list. However, if you're after something a bit less 
Sovereign class? Then the California line of starships may be more your style. Eagle Moss has revealed the new XL model of the USS Cerritos. The model is nine and three quarters of an inch long and faithfully reproduces the Cerritos as it appeared in the first season. It's due in January 2022, so not quite in time for Christmas, but it will soon be joined by a model of the USS Titan. Both models are made using the actual VFX files used in Lower Decks, with both ships looking a little more animated than the usual line of starships. So they look like they could have left from the screen and onto your armada shelf. And as Matt Black said in the chat, no, the holiday line must be drawn here. Christmas begins after Halloween, this far, no farther. Now, here are a few headlines that we didn't discuss, but might interest you as well. Links, of course, will be in our show notes. For her efforts to help eradicate sexual harassment from the entertainment industry, Michelle Hurd was awarded the SAG-AFTRA President's Award. Hurd, who stars as Rafi on Star Trek Picard, is an actor, activist, and national board member who's worked to provide resources to SAG-AFTRA members who experience sexual harassment and assault. She also assisted in developing updated guidelines and policies to eliminate harassment and assault from the industry. Congratulations. That's a great award. Also, you can color your favorite Lower Deckers. The StarTrek.com website is still celebrating Star Trek Day, and you can download and print pages to a new coloring book from Season 2 of Star Trek Lower Decks. And lastly, Captains, we want to remind you that you can participate in the Roddenberry Foundation's Boldly Go campaign by submitting a video, photo, letter, poem, or even just a plain old simple selfie. The theme or question to answer, describe your hopes for the next hundred years. Visit BoldlyGo.com to learn more. Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to trek out this week. Now let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming. It's policy here at Priority One that we love charity bundles. And if it isn't, well, it should be. The latest effort from Star Trek Online and Fanatical.com is no exception. Following the familiar format, players can select one of two reward tiers based on their donation amount. The first tier, $1. You get a 32nd century vanity shield overlay, a rainbow rice and caracole, and the charitable title. If you give more than $8, you get all those items from tier one and a Narendra class starship support cruiser, the Voral support battle cruiser, a fleet ship module, a gold tech upgrade, and 30 low buy crystals. But the benefits don't stay in game. Each purchase of any tier in the bundle earns you a chance to win the grand prize. Tier one purchases earn a single grand prize entry while tier two purchases net you five entries. The winner gets a place on Star Trek The Cruise 5, a ticket worth over $5,000. I don't know if God needs a cruise ship, but I sure wouldn't mind getting on this one. The winner also receives a digital copy of every expansion pack available for Star Trek Online. That's Legacy of Romulus, Delta Operations, Temporal Agent, Gamma Vanguard, and Discovery Operations. All in all, that's more than $720 worth of stow goodies. You can also get one free entry
entry into the grand prize drawing by visiting a link you'll find in our show notes, which requires you to sign up for the Fanatical newsletter. Nearly 90% of the sales price on these charity bundle items will benefit the Boys and Girls Clubs of America, providing children with safe and fun places to grow and thrive, and offering mentoring life-enhancing programs. So I have a question here. If I buy a bunch of $8 tier twos, does does the lobby stack up? You would need to buy them under different accounts. I think because it's, it's one... Because it's account bound through Fanatical. So oh, I can't yeah. I can't just buy, you know, like 300 lobby, right? It's not, it's, I wouldn't be able to do that on, on my main character account. I think you can only claim it one time, like claim one of these one time, but mm. I could be wrong. I don't know. I never even occurred to me that you could do that. No, this is seriously a, a you know a great bundle. These you know these items certainly are enticing in some you know in some aspect, especially at the eight dollar tier, right? You get the gold tech upgrade, the fleet module. You get those ships. I mean, yeah, if you didn't have those ships, that's two ships for you know more a little eight dollars basically. Right, right, right. And might as well. I did not have those ships. You didn't. So I already had those this, ships. No, this is a great deal. But I wanted all the other things. So. And to support a good cause. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. How does the Vanity Shield, 32nd Century Vanity Shield, look? I don't know. I haven't. Future? I just got it like a little while ago, so I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. With the conclusion of the Klingon Civil War, you would think Starfleet and members of the Alliance would have time for a little bit of exploration in Star Trek Online. Think again. As a Mirror Universe Admiral once said, quote, you haven't seen the last of me. This newfound peace is short-lived as a new danger emerges from the Mirror Universe. A former enemy, Admiral Lita, voiced by Star Trek Deep Space Nine star Chase Masterson, is being hunted by the Mirror Universe's Kumake. Terran Empire Special Agent. Players will team up with Admiral Lita to stop Kamake and her Terran forces from using stolen information to bring destruction to the Prime Universe. Captains can investigate this looming threat in a new featured episode, Firewall, as well as participate in a new ground TFO, Operation Wolf. Captains can also earn daily progress by playing the Counterpoint TFO and the episode Jabberwocky to work towards claiming the brand new Tier 6 Mirror Gagarin Miracle Worker Battlecruiser. It's also worth noting the first captain on your account to claim the ship also receives eight Terran Empire Agony Phaser Weapons Packs, which each contain your choice of starship weapon type, and three Ultimate Tech Upgrades Beam Cannon Projectile Tech, which may be used to upgrade any starship weaponry. The new Terran ship has a four forward and four aft weapon layout compared to the regular 5-3 layout of the Gagarin. It features a Lieutenant Commander Command Specialist Bridge Officer Seat and a Universal Console, the Destructive Protomatter Wave Projector. The wave projector targets multiple vessels, ripping apart their hulls. If they are destroyed, then they send out a secondary shock wave, which may infect other targets in a chain reaction. Lots to talk about here, folks. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, here we are. We've got a, a new mission. I'm looking forward to playing it. I have to say, I, I'm sure you guys talked about this last week. I created my temporal agent, and I think I realize what happened in 2016. I think I was in a show, and so I didn't get to finish. But compared to other recruitment events, you've got to play mm-hmm. through like five missions, through five solid missions, not including the tutorial 
material yeah. just to get the temporal tesseract. Yeah. You've got to play through the arc as opposed to play, just playing through the tutorial. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So uh, I'm going through that and I'm looking forward to, to this as well. You know, it's always fun to have Chase Masterson return and play Evil Lita. And it, it came out today, the day that we are recording this, and I have not had the opportunity of playing it. Have either of you? Yes. Nope. All right. Just I did. I, I'm not going to say anything about it, but I want to point out last week I was not that enthused that they were doing a new storyline in the Mirror Universe. But thinking about it and after playing the mission today, which is um, beautiful, by the way, it's, it's actually a really good idea because it puts you in the Mirror Universe. They're not going to be affected by the canon that's being laid out by any new track. So they are, they are developing their own storyline, which I love because it's, you know, it's stacking up to be a fantastic storyline. Now, is Jabberwocky a new mission or is that an old one? I thought that was an old one. I thought so too. It rang a bell. It is an old one. Because okay. we've had this whole mirror, you know, this has been before. I think Jabberwocky, um, though, was uh, the, the, the DS9 era, right? The DS9 arc. Yeah, I so it's so. it's one of the missions where your captain finds the orb of the prophets, but it's an orb from the mirror universe. Oh, right, right, where right, we right. first meet Mirror Lita. That's what Matt Black. Yeah. Oh, is that the ground one on Bajor? Yes, I'm pretty where sure that's the ground go... one on Bajor. Oh, that's one. Yeah, that's an oldie. Favorite. It's an oldie. <laughs> but oldie bit of goodie. I do like Mirror Bajor. That place is awesome. Oh look, we've all called in at the blue antenna to have a drink. <laughs> Yeah, the workmanship and the yeah the quality and the environments on this mission are beautiful. And I want to ask Nick Duguid if that warp core in the mission that we get to see is what the one he designed because it's oh so cool. Now let me ask you this: the uh, the TFOs that they're making are they also a part of the mission? Like you do it, and then that becomes the the. TFO? I don't know. I haven't played the TFO yet. Okay. So the chat, if any of you guys have played the new TFO. Is it a ground part of the firewall mission or did they do something new? I hope it's something new, but I have a seeking suspicion it's one of these parts in the new mission. Now, the other thing to come out from this is the elite training token, right? This is also being released with uh, this new mission. And so for those of you who are unaware, the elite training token behaves with similar mechanics as it was with the ships when you got like a bonus slot for a trait, right? For one of your space experimental trades. experimental upgrade token. Yeah, an experimental mm-hmm. upgrade token. Right, right, right. So think of it as an experimental upgrade token for your paper doll character, character ground character, right? Not for, the, mm-hmm. not for the ship, which will increase your personal ground traits slot by one it adds an additional personal space trait and an additional kit module slot along with an additional device slot so i forget how much is that selling for it's on sale. Uh, It'll be on sale. It's on sale right now for 35% off. And I only looked at the price for the three pack, which was, I believe, normally like 2000 Zen. And right now it's whatever 35% off of that is. So the three pack is, it. this happens, this this token is per character, right? So you buy it with one the, and then you can- It's per account. So you can buy it on one character and put the other two in your account bank. And then use transfer it, on it one. over. Right. Yeah. And then transfer it. I mean, I suppose you could mail one mail them to yourself too but somehow transfer it to another character 
yeah, this is dangerous because ah, some of us have a whole lot of characters and I want all of these things on all of those characters. Dang it, curse you, Cryptic, with taking money from me. Yeah, Matt Black, <laughs> Matt Black writes in the chat the MSRP is 3,000 Zen, but it's currently 1950. Oh, okay. So, so the sale price, yes, is it's definitely 1950. I, I would probably, I would think about getting the three pack. <laughs> I, I pretty much stay with my one main tune, but there are occasions where I will switch to something or have to switch to something. So I might buy the three pack on sale and then just store the other tokens should I need to switch characters. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't play all of my characters all the time, so this is to me like how I use the experimental ship upgrade tokens, because I don't use them on every ship, but the ships I do play, or that I'm committed to on a character, I definitely will do this. So the characters I play most often, I'm for sure going to put this on. Mm-hmm. Me as well. Yeah, I certainly don't have as many uh, characters as Kat. <laughs> Praise. <laughs> Just respect. That is, that is said with respect and love, by the way, <laughs> um, but I um, yeah, I, I think a three pack to start off. Um, it's also worth noting as well that if you launch Star Trek Online through the Epic Games launcher uh, and you want to get a free Terran Incursion pack that includes a Terran Empire Sonic Phaser Stun Pistol and Elite Services Starter Pack and a small XP boost, then you can download the game launch through the Epic Games launcher and that pack can be claimed once per account. So there's an option there to maybe get yourself an Elite Services Starter Starter pack that's excellent handy the token yeah i will probably get this for my core characters and then as they become available because if they're similar to the experimental upgrade tokens they'll be made available through other means in the game they'll be made available through playing content in the game at later stages Wait, what so do i'll you, probably just what do you think will be available made it available for? Oh, the tokens? I, yeah, yeah, the the epic, the elite training tokens. If it's anything like the experimental upgrade token, they become available through content. It's become available through playing content later in the game. It was oh, first introduced, yeah. and now as it's, like a reward. It's become, yeah, it's like a yeah. reward for events, but it's also uh, in the Phoenix Prize Pack. Occasionally, in an exactly. ultra rare pack, will give you uh, experimental ship upgrade tokens. They may do something like that for this which would be nice. That's sweet of you hmm. to think. I mean, <laughs> it could happen. Well they've, done it, well, they've done it before. Why wouldn't they and not the do price it again, point Elio? is, price point is similar. Yeah, you know, we do need a dilithium sink, which mm, I feel like that yeah. could have been a really good dilithium sink. Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Maybe they'll do a limited time dilithium sink like they did with the vanity shields, which they should totally do that again because I need to buy some more. <laughs> I need to go to the Lobby store and buy all the new things, which I have not had a chance to do yet. I literally only played the mission and then logged out. What's in the lobby store so, that you want? Oh my god, there's <laughs> so many new things. There's uniform, lower decks uniforms. Lower decks. Yeah, there's a new um, Shax's phaser cannon thing, which is apparently everyone has to have it now. Uh, it's like a phaser boolean cannon. Yeah, it looks awesome. There's some other stuff in there, but those are the main things I gotta go get. Huh. So yeah. How much is the Shax rifle? Is it under 30 lobby? I it's probably 50. Well, unless they're having a lobby sale. Uh, it's right. probably 50. Usually the weapons are 50. Hmm. 40 currently. Darn it. Matt Black says it's 40 for Shax's phaser. And the, the charity bundle. The charity bundle's 30 lobby. Darn it. You can have 20 lobbies. You could open three. Okay. No, five I forgot. Boxes. I forgot what I <laughs> what I ended up like splurging all my lobby. I had like 10 years worth of lobby that I ended up like blowing on something and I don't remember what it was. Oh. 
Well, I hope it was during a sale because that's the I only thing so. you I think so. I think it was like stuff. I needed I needed uh, one of those uh, consoles that you can only have gotten at some point. I don't know what I needed it for, but whoa, whoa, hold on, Kel MG, are you kidding me that the lower decks uniform is the top only? No pants. Uh, that is not cool. And those thirty second century pants, those cost low B too. So oh, I, that is I am not happy about that. That's what the hell? Come on, people. Give us some pants. <laughs> well, speaking of pants, what's going on in Armada News? A whole lot. If you did not know, we had been taking a hiatus from the live stream to we wanted to like refresh things a little bit. So last week we premiered the new live stream. So just so that everybody knows, come join us on Saturdays. You know, we stream live every Saturday now. Come and hang out. We run missions. We talk about Star Trek online. It's really fun. So if you want to do that and you are in the Armada, just look at the fleet tab for the events that will tell you what time it happens in your local time zone. Coming at you one leg at a time with other gaming news is Roscoe. You like my pants segues? I'm 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 on fire. Those tonight. are amazing. Way to go. <laughs> for years, Stowe was a preeminent source for new trek stories. And what's a new trek story without a ship? Cryptic's designs helped progress the post-nemesis state of shipbuilding art, establishing distinct aesthetics for a modern 25th century. Now 2021's a different scene, with five distinct television series and other MMOs generating new ships of their own. That said, Stowe's contributions aren't going unnoticed. The continuing mission blog for Star Trek Adventures recently posted fan-made guidelines for bringing Cryptic's Aatrox and Aspero-class carriers into the tabletop world. The unofficial Stowe-to-Star ship conversion assigns stats and traits based on their online counterparts, so you can drag and drop them into your campaign. It's an interesting look at RPG mechanic design, if that's your thing. And if you're listening to this podcast, that's a pretty safe guess. But it also reflects Cryptic's success in creating ships that become Trek characters in their own right. And here's a quick gaming news roundup. With reflections taking us back into the Mirror Universe, Star Trek Online's original ships are getting some fresh new looks. Looks that could kill, that is. Ten of Cryptic's 25th Century Federation designs include including the fan-favorite Pathfinder, have been offered a bit of a touch-up with this new arc, ranging from new materials to full-blown remasterings. The Terran Empire is also getting their own version of four ships, the Shran, Reliant, Andromeda, and Pathfinder, dressed to impress and distress. For fans of Star Trek Online's story blog posts, this was all relayed in a private communique from Vice Admiral Hemphill of Starfleet. Or is it Lord Barry? and Vice Admiral of Starfleet? The answer? Yes! Remember, Captains, to learn more about these gaming headlines, be sure to review the show notes for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com. That's the news from Trek Games this week. Now let's look on screen for the latest episode of Lower Decks. On screen. Computer. Set Star Trek Lower Decks Season 2, Episode 6, The Spy Humongous. On screen. 
It's Anomaly Consolidation Day on the USS Cerritos. The job leaves the lower deckers with mixed emotions. Is it a cool mission or is it simply trash day for the senior officers? Boimler gets leadership advice from the red shirts and Captain Freeman attempts to negotiate a ceasefire on Packled Planet. But does she have what it takes? Like a really big hat? All right, let's get some statistics out of the way. This episode was written by John Cochran, directed by Bob Suarez, and premiered on September 16th, 20. 2021 on Paramount Plus in the United States. Roscoe, why don't we start with you? Tell me about, you know, what scenes or sequences got you most excited. One of my favorite things has become Mike McMahon canonizing Trek culture. So things that we talk about in Star Trek but aren't necessarily canon. And he has now canonized the phrase red shirts. Beautifully done. Not only that, but no one died. It, it became, it, even though red shirts are known, <laughs> right? Like that's the that's the the meme, right? That's the whole shtick is that red shirts always die, and yet none of them died. Like he flipped it. He flipped it. Flipped the script, man. Genius. So that is genius level from Mike McMahon and the writing team at Lower Decks. They have canonized red shirts. Standouts for me include the fact that there is a pack led queen. So it's official now for me. They are the Dumborg because they're. There is a pack-led queen. <laughs> yes, there is also a pack-led king and a pack-led emperor, but they are the Dumborg now because there is a pack-led queen. And a pack-led leader. <laughs> uh, there's a new rule in my life is he who has the tallest hats wins. So that, <laughs> fantastic. Just this felt like a romp. Last week felt like a romp. This week also felt like a romp. It was just non-stop story. One of the things I really liked is that it pokes fun a little bit at Star Trek itself, those inspiring captain moments. These red shirt guys are doing improv around inspiring speeches. And so Boimler had his moment. I love how there's a black box theater on the Cerritos. <laughs> Of course there is. It's in a room somewhere or it's on the holodeck. Doesn't matter. But it's it's there. It's there and it exists. Maybe there could be a um, string quartet that plays there occasionally. And so if there was anything that you think could have been done differently, what do you think uh, that would be? I think, if anything, I would have liked to have seen more of the dumb spy because he was just so utterly ridiculous. And that's always my, my thought with Lower Decks is there's things that I want to see more of. And I'm finding really interesting Shaq's and his character at the moment because in the first season he was dialed up to a hundred he was on all the time about blowing things up let me eject the warp core and blow it up but now he's just that little bit more subdued a little bit more character growth and i i think that's interesting but yeah it's it's just the fact that he's he's dialed down yeah i i find that interesting i want to see jack's dialed up a little bit more but you see uh, yes he's dialed down a little bit but i think that that helps for moments like at the end of the episode when he tells the acting ensign, the acting captain, to get out of his chair. Right at that, he, <laughs> he, he steamrolls into on you know the next shift, and Shax just yells at him. You know, just starts barking at him. New shift on deck. Get out of my chair. <laughs> which was hilarious in season one because he was doing it all the time. But I also like, I like that the levels, I like to see that, you know, that the Shax is a little, you know, can, can tame it down, but can start screaming at any point, you know, like, so I, I enjoy that. <laughs> I think that was my point too, from before was like, there really is character development. I mean, this is a really good show. I mean, even if it's animated, there's character development, there's amazing stories. I love the A plot, B plot, C plot. They haven't been doing a cold open these past couple of episodes, but but I mean, the end of this episode, come on. 
was amazing. So overall review, Roscoe, and overall statement, what about your your star rating, one to five? One to five stars. I'm giving this a four and a half. Wow, okay. Wow. Excellent episode, jam-packed with everything we like about Lower Decks. I put this right up there with one of my favorites. I had some huge belly laughs in this episode and, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. All right, Kat, how about you? What uh, what scenes or sequences got you most excited? Well, I love in the, in the beginning, you know, the intro scene where um, I can't remember who's talking to Captain Freeman, who's like, you know, you know, we got this assignment, but your Picard-level diplomacy skills will earn you an Enterprise any minute now, because they're like, oh, this is gonna... Oh, yeah, that was shocked. Yeah, so be right before they beam down, this is gonna be easy. <laughs> and you're like, uh-oh, no. Yeah, just out of the gate, where you're just like, man, they just... It's so delightful and refreshing to see just a really good and the story itself like it's they go and deal with something and then they deal with something on the ship and then Boimler with his mini storyline and you know he learns a lesson and we all get to think about you know hey don't abandon your friends for the new friends the red shirts even if they seem cool (laughs) I didn't think of anything and I was changed but I literally wine came out of my nose for the last I did not expect that last scene (laughs) with Armas it was dying. When they prank call him, that's hilarious. <laughs> the prank call? Oh, what was it? The, the crystal whatever. This is a submanifold casting stone. We can use it to broadcast our voices to other planets. What's that good for? <laughs> yeah, like, what are we going to do? Prank call Armus? <laughs> All right, so what's uh, overall review statement and star rating? Okay, so again, I love that every episode is still a contained story, but we know there's an ongoing war with the Packleds, which was why Captain Freeman was trying to get a ceasefire. Um, so I love that it's just transitioning to a big, we know there's going to be more of stuff going on with the Packleds, so that should be hilarious and entertaining. But I love it. Each episode is independent and yet remembers where the story's going and you remember where the characters are and they actually develop and, you know, are self-aware. I'm with you guys 100% on this episode Um, and we have a lot of the the same points. I think it's it's hilarious that they call Freeman Captain Janeway. And the Cerritos Mm -hmm. Enterprise. And the Cerritos Enterprise. I found this episode, I like that there seems to be a better balance in the storytelling between the Lower Decks crew and the bridge officers. Where in the first season, it felt very kind of incredibly disjointed. The plots... I don't know. They seem to be working, you know, more cohesively with these within season two, which I'm which I'm thoroughly enjoying. I love uh... you getting basminty when he pulled back the veil vibes from this guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. When they yes. discover that the pack led <laughs> escape them, but more was uh, was was trying to be a spy. More specifically, I belly laughed when the pack led spy starts floating in space. He comes out from behind <laughs> them. Yeah. <laughs> That I just was not expecting that. I really was not expecting it. I was expecting for the pack led to almost be smart and find out a way to get into engineering. Like, that's where my mind was going. But no, they you, they just really are dumb and <laughs> thought an airlock was a bathroom and flushed himself out. <laughs> airlock 17. Man. Airlock 17. I'd like to check out the Cerritos gift shop right, as well. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and then there are the, the ongoing callbacks, right? Things that are, 
mentions and and deep dives easter eggs like the the cation or he's not cation is it for what is that that the cat the one cat red shirt oh was he a for he might yeah he might he's he's definitely a species that we've seen in tos as he's teaching boimler how to carry himself he hunches over like it wasn't the in the tos episode oh i don't yeah really he's remember. he's from tas the animated series and i think oh tas i'm sorry that's what i meant what was the what they were called cations before they were cations no there's cations but then there's another species and Riker references them in star trek picard the kazindi yeah yeah kazimfi something like that yeah 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 i'm surprised they were they're able to use because my understanding is you know there's a the writer of the kazimfi you know kind of loaned them to star trek and then actually had them in a separate sci-fi plot of some sort i forget the name of uh i think it was a a, a ring series of novels like a halo ring kind of thing yeah and you know it, it, so I, I was a little going into it you know i i knew that there were going to be three obviously three plots happening in this episode and i got a little weary about it because like remember we talked about how distracting it was a little bit with the episode between mariner and tendy i had wished in that episode that we spent more time with them but in this episode it just worked it just it they have found a nice formula and a good cadence and a good tone with it that that just works it works well and whilst still managing to tell us a, a morality play of some sort teaching a lesson right boimler learns that you know he shouldn't abandon his friends just to try to rank up tendy and mariner have that moment where you know mariner yells at tendy for being so positive and then you know tendy kind of learns from that as well they both learn from each other you mean turns into a big scorpion and, and turns into a big to yeah. kill everyone <laughs> i mean i'm not gonna lie that did remind me specifically with the animation it did remind me of uh cronenberg uh rick and morty episode the love potion number <laughs> uh, rick potion number nine yeah rick potion number nine <laughs> uh it was a kazinti it was kazinti yeah so I actually I'm kind of I'm surprised they were able to get the rights to do a Kazinthi. I wonder I wonder how they worked that out. It must be included with the new awesome licensing under uh, consolidation. Maybe. And you know you got a kick out of the Armist thing. I got a kick out of the screaming blob. Oh, the snail thing. The, yeah, the the, the screaming <laughs> snail thing. Yeah. Although I could have done without the anus. I could have done without the anus. There was clearly a pucker there, and I could have done without it. <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry. Is it a horn or a tusk? That was way more disturbing than that snail oh, anus. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, overall, I think, you know, so this season has just been exciting adventure, pleasant surprise every episode, and I'm really, really enjoying it. I'd say I'd say four out of five. Three and a half out of five, maybe. I gave mine 3.75. I'm trying to, like, because I know the last few episodes are gonna blow us away I'm saving my rating <laughs> I think we should go back and re-rate after the season's over yeah we might have to we might have to well that wraps up this week's on screen and episode 523 of priority one a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcasts.roddenberry.com for a complete list 
Then be sure to subscribe to them all and share them with your friends. But we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like David K. Rutley, Peter Archibald and Gerald Bosch. Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment or voice message on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at PriorityOnePod. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Captains, this last year and... uh forever has been difficult no doubt and we are humbled by the continued support of our patrons who find value in the content that we produce each and every week visit our patreon page at patreon.com forward slash priority one and don't forget to tune into priority one productions guard frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com each episode the guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts and heroes rise brings you up to date with the world of dungeons and dragons learn all about the latest publications tools tips tricks and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secret thanks to our audio editors including gray brandon william daniel rand alex and lennon Thanks to our producer, Jake, and associate producers, Shane and Thomas. Together, they help us organize and write up our summary of the weekly headlines from the Star Trek multiverse. Thanks to our graphic artist, Alejandro, with support from Jason of the Priority One Armada. Thanks to our brand spanking new social media managers, Sarah and James. Welcome to the team. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Ready weapons. Engage. Like I wasn't gone. Now, <laughs> one take. Beautiful. It's practically quiche. Quiche. Okay. Mm, I love I love quiche. The spinach ones. Fries on the side. Delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Klaus. <laughs> uh, first they came for the candy, then we fall back. Um. <clears throat> <laughs> Damn it, stop being so clever. I can't think of anything. They came for our milk and we fall back. Came for the cookies and we fall back. (laughs) I have to start talking like this because it's bold. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That's not what I meant to do. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.